Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. Welcome back to another episode, ladies. I am so excited about today's episode because I am going to be talking with Kelly Glover, who is known as the podcast publicist, and she is the founder of The Talent Squad, which is a company that specializes in booking podcast interviews for entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Kelly has an 18-year track record, insane, in working in media and started podcasting all the way back in 2007. She has hosted her own syndicated radio show. She's worked as a talent agent, a celebrity interviewer, and has produced award-winning podcasts at a network level. And you guys, she is incredible. Today, we are talking all about how to go from pitched to published and the three pitching mistakes that she sees people make all the time that will essentially get you blacklisted. So they are huge no-nos and she is going to be talking all about those things and her advice for how you can get on more podcasts and get more publicity. And Kelly is a girl after my own heart. We share an, a huge love of Netflix and we had so much fun doing this interview. So I know that you guys are going to love her. So get ready. Ready, take notes, put everything else away because she is going to be giving you so much amazing insight. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Haley. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you and really excited to dive into this topic of going from pitched to published because I know our listeners really want to get some more publicity and just get their name out there. And I'm really excited to have you share all of your insight on this topic with them. Um, this is what I wake up in the morning for. So I am so ready. I'm so ready to share all the good stuff. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, before we dive in, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and who you are and how you got into doing all of the things that you're doing now? Sure. So 
I, you might notice from my accent, I am actually Australian, but I went to college in Ohio and I've been in media and entertainment for almost 20 years. Started out as an intern in Hollywood, um, worked for Miramax, was doing the red carpet interviews with all the celebrities. And um, soon I got into being a radio announcer. So I was doing community radio and thought I'm pretty good at this whole talking thing. I wonder if I should just, you know, apply to the national school. They take 10 people. If I, maybe I apply for four years, I'll finally get in. Applied, got into the school. I was like, what? So I started doing radio, became a radio announcer, hosted the um, provincial love song dedication show in Australia, and then decided that I wanted to move back to the US. So I moved to LA and couldn't get a job in radio. That's when I started in podcasting. I mean, I'd been doing it since 2007, um, but started working in podcasting. So I started writing show notes for other people, moved on to doing guest booking for other people. And so I moved back to Australia after having done that for a few years to get weight loss surgery, right? So I moved back, was a producer here for a network show, a women's network show called Mamma Mia!, network and produced eight shows for them. And then I started the talent squad. So uh, it's been a bit of a different journey, I suppose, because when I started in college, podcasting wasn't invented. Facebook wasn't invented. No one had a mobile phone. So it's been pretty interesting seeing the evolution of um, media, social media and podcasts over the last few couple of decades. Yeah. And I totally agree with that last part because just seeing how like social media alone has come and like how far it's come in the last couple of years is crazy to me. Like just looking at all the new platforms and you know, what everybody's doing with them, it's crazy. So, and I know podcasting is the same way. It's, it's grown so much just in the last couple of years. So I think it's cool that you had got, you got started in it so early compared to you know, most of the people that are doing podcasting right now. Yeah. So when I started in 2007, it was radio and you would take out the songs and you would take out the commercials. So really it was a radio show with just the talking bits in it. And it was so hard back then. Like it was, you'd have this giant six page document telling you how to do everything and you'd still get it wrong and you'd have to try multiple times and it would take hours. And now you drag and drop a file and you know, you got a podcast instantly. So it's been interesting seeing the evolution and then the podcast industry grow as a business. Like in the last, I feel like in the last two years, it's just gone 10x. It's just gone gangbusters. And it's amazing to see so many people involved. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just, I love watching things like that grow. I love when you get in on something early and then you get to see, like you said, the evolution of it and get to see it grow so much and so many people start to really understand what it is and just how it changes over time. I just always think that's a really cool experience when you get in on something right from the beginning and you get to kind of go through all of those changes and, and transitions with it. Yeah. And it's also, I think, I mean, it could have gone either. It could have gone the 
not Facebook, what was the, the MySpace, right? It could easily have been a MySpace or beta videos or whatever it is. So you kind of take a punt. And having been from radio moving to podcasting, like everyone's like, oh, she's gone into podcasting, can't hack it in radio. And now everybody is coming, knocking on my door saying, oh, podcasting, let me talk to you about that. So you take the chance, but when it pays off, it's pretty awesome. And to see everybody love what you love in the same way and it growing, it just is, it's the best thing and I'm so grateful and I'm just happy that it's people are loving it and getting so much out of it yeah I love that and I love that you can hear your passion for it you can really hear it when you talk about it it's I I love that I love people who are super passionate about what they do and and the industry that they work in so I love that yeah and and it's meta because I'm on a podcast talking about podcasting about it like you are evidence (laughs) you are evidence of where it's gone how successful it is and I could not be happier. And it's such an honor to be on a show, on your show, talking about this and that you're shining a light on it as well. So it's pretty, yeah. uh, it's just really important. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely. Well, let's dive in because I know I could probably pick your brain about this stuff all day long. So, and I know our listeners are going to feel the same way. So, first of all, I know that you have kind of three mistakes that you say people make a lot of the time when they are pitching to get on podcasts that essentially gets them blacklisted. So can you kind of just dive in right from the get-go talking about what those three mistakes are and how people can avoid them? Yes. The first one is cut and paste generic pitches. And I see them all the time, download my thing, use my swipe file. But if you send a dear insert host name, I really love insert episode number And here's all the stuff and why I want to come on your show. That will likely never work. And if it does work, it's probably not a show that you want to be on. So the old copy and paste, um, I think, is generic pitch and mistake number one. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that, Haley? Because you would get pitched a lot of the time. So as a host. Absolutely. Do you class that as a mistake? And what's your response as a host? Oh my gosh, 100%. And I, we probably get at least two pitches a day to the show. And I always say we turn down like 99% of them because, you know, sometimes it'll come from the person who's actually wanting to be a guest. And sometimes it'll come from a publicist or an agent or an assistant, but either way you can always tell when it's been copy and pasted. So I 100% agree that that's such a huge mistake because it, it feels so disingenuous And it doesn't really tell you why the person would be great for your show. So I always, most of the time, I'm always like, "Mm, sorry, no thanks when I get those pitches because they're, it's the same thing just over and over again, over again, we get so many of them every single week that they start to sound so repetitive. So you can really tell when somebody has put thought into a pitch and they've customized it specifically for you. Yeah. So I just did a quick calculation and those two pitches you get a day equate to 730 pitches a year. And if you do 52 episodes a year, that's who you're competing against to get those spots. So sending a cut and paste pitch, like you can tell when the text is different fonts, right? Or different sizes, there's just something not right, or there's an extra space or the name is not right or dear host. And you know what I mean? So I would just say mistake number one, 
always do a customized pitch. You can do it and it's going to save you time in the long run and your reputation because that actually damages your reputation. Totally agree. Yeah. So another one is I would say making it about you and not about the audience or about the host. So, hi, I want to come on your show. So if the answer is, so what, who cares? I would say that's probably a mistake as well. It needs to be solving a problem of the audience or giving them something that they can learn instead about telling about your story and your book and your product, which we all know that's why people go on podcasts and you're welcome to say it, but it's not actually about you. It's about what you are doing for the audience. So I suggest that's a mistake and flipping it to the other focus. Love that. And I think that ties along really well with number one too, just, you know, making sure that you're really providing a value and obviously you can't provide a really good value with a copy and paste email. So just making sure that you're really providing that value to the host and to their audience and, you know, not just trying to push an agenda. And yeah. And I think the third mistake is not being pitch ready. So that's having all the assets in place because say you have an awesome subject line, great, check. Say the pitch is great, excellent, check. Well, that's just going to get you through gate one. The next thing is any host, as you would do, Haley, is going to go and cross-check and verify. They're going to vet you. So if your social media isn't right, if you don't have a one sheet, if you don't have an online press kit, if you um, have wonky headshots or they don't look quite right, then you're not going to make it past the next thing. So the pitch, yeah, it's an email to get the door opened, but it's also pitching your brand and your worthiness across the medium um, to be on the show. So I think that's the third thing is pitching too early and not having those assets in place. Totally agree with those. I think that's such great advice because as a podcast host, I see that all the time, all three of those things for sure. So do you feel like as a, a podcast publicist, do you feel like you see those things a lot of the time with people who aren't working, you know, with somebody like you who will really make sure that everything looks good for them? Do you feel like you see that a lot of the time? Cause I know I do. Yes. And it doesn't mean you, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself. Like, yes, I'm an agency. Yes, you can work with us, but you absolutely can do this yourself if you don't have a budget for that right now. But um, it's just having everything ready. And Haley, I've looked at your website and you have an excellent online press kit. So look at that as an example. It is beautiful. And that's something Thank that you've you. made on your website. So as, as a guest, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get that to that later, guests also look at what the host is doing so you can research before the show. That's part of being a great guest. So that's something that I discovered and um, you should, yeah, 10 out of 10, 100%, like 20 out of 10, the most beautiful online press kit I've ever seen. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that, that just made me smile. I love that. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, and I think, I think you're really right that you've, you've really got to have everything ready to go right from the start. I think so many people think, oh, I heard this seminar or this podcast or somebody talking about how I should get on more podcasts. So I'm going to go do that. And then they find some kind of, like you said earlier, swipe file or some sort of copy and paste template from somebody and they change a couple words and they send it out to a hundred different podcasts and it looks fake. It looks like you copied this from somebody. It doesn't look like you 
put in the effort and came up with this on your own. And then most of the time, if you go click on that person's website or their Instagram or wherever, they don't really look like they're going to come on the show and be a really great guest and provide a value to your audience and know what they're talking about. And so I think most of the time that unpreparedness is what really messes people up from getting booked for interviews. And so I think you're a hundred percent on those three mistakes, because like I said, I see those, all three of those all the time. And I think just, you know, really trying to say, okay, what value can I provide to an audience? How can I portray that value in an email to the host? And then how can I make sure everything that they're going to go look at after that really aligns with that value that I can provide? I think you've got to check those boxes before you ever even send an email. Yeah, I think there's a mentality and we hear it all the time, done is better than perfect. And in some cases for minimum viable products, I can absolutely agree. However, when it comes to pitching the media, you only have one chance, whether that be podcasts or any other media. So the done Well, if it's done and it's a three out of 10, you're done because you're not going to get a second chance. And that also includes having your messaging, your talking points and everything ready beforehand down to having your microphone ready. What if the host says yes? Well, you need to be able to to get on the microphone that you've got set up and get on that podcast if they say a guest has dropped out. So when you're looking at talking points, you need to understand that a topic and a talking point are not the same thing. So if somebody pitched you, Haley said, I want to come on and talk about business. Well, that's a topic. That's not a talking point. That's a little bit of who cares. You need to demonstrate it. And with you talking about value, you need to ask yourself, okay, well, will it teach the audience something that they didn't know how to do? That's a good way to cross check and verify. Is it something they need to know? Is it solving a problem? Um, and podcasts are evergreen. So in general press, you'd probably say like, is it timely? But in podcast, you're not, you're going to say, is this going to be valuable and relevant in one year's in two years time? So that's the other part about like a talking point is specific and solves a problem and covers an issue as opposed to I'm coming on to talk about business. Totally agree with that. 110%. I'm like over here nodding my head. Cause I'm like, yes. And And we say that all the time. You said that about done is better than perfect. And I think you kind of said this, but I think there's a time and a place for that. You know, if you're trying to be consistent with posting on your Instagram and you can't come up with the perfect caption, I think that's okay. You just need to go ahead and put out what you've got. You know, you've got to get something out there, be consistent so that the algorithms recognize you and all that stuff. But When it comes to things like this, like you said, where you've only really got one shot, you need to put in the work and you need to put in the effort, not to necessarily make it perfect, because I don't think perfect is a thing that exists, but, you know, to make it a nine out of 10 instead of a three, to make sure that you're really putting your best foot forward and showing the host that it's worth it to bring you on as a guest and that you're really going to focus on their audience and not yourself and that you really are prepared and you'll make for an excellent guest on their show. Yeah. It's about, um, so you're the, I guess if you think about it as a salesperson and a buyer 
um, situation, that's what this is. And if you're pitching yourself, you're selling yourself, you're the salesperson and as the host, you're the buyer. So you need to think with that mentality. And like you said, we've said it multiple times, it's all about the value that you're offering, but it's also having the things to back it up. So I agree with you, like the done is better than perfect. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like that applies for so many things, but once you've pitched a host and you're off the list or they've said no, I mean, you can go back and pitch again, but you better have everything right the second time. And I would also suggest having systems and processes in place, like having your pitch grid. Um, so, you know, when you pitched, what date you pitched, who you pitched, when the best time to follow up is, and also keeping track. I mean, like even down to using and reflecting the language of the show that you're pitching so if it's a really buttoned up show, you don't want to go in with casual language that is inappropriate for the audience, but you also need to be mindful and reflect your own branding. So that's a delicate balance of writing a pitch in, in a short way that someone's actually going to read. Yeah, definitely agree with all of these points. This is so good. So let's say now that the person ready to pitch has a good pitch in place. They've got all their stuff together. They're ready to go. What's the next step from, as you say, going from pitch to publish? What's the next step in really being a great guest and making sure that, you know, they make it on the show and that they're doing everything right so that this interview may lead to another one? Yeah. So there's a bunch of phases in this. So you've got your preparation phase, which we just spoke about, the pitching phase, and then they're getting booked. So um, there's a few other things that you need, like a scheduling link is always a good idea because with different time zones, um, like, you know, there's schedule once, there's Calendly, there's, there's an Acuity, there's any number of them. So having those there and also having your tech. So have you got a mic set up? I would never do an interview just speaking straight into your laptop or without headphones. And you can get that set up pretty cheaply for less than a hundred, or you can go full on and get your own home studio, which is amazing. Who wouldn't want that? So there's being tech ready and there's also being camera ready for the interview. So um, today, this interview is audio only, but you better bet your bottom dollar that I've shown up camera ready because if Haley wanted to speak to me in person and do some screenshots for promotion, then I wanna look good on the camera instead of looking like it's 6.30 in the morning, you know what I mean? Which it is, and that's fine. So um, you need, so that's talking about the sound, that's talking about the visuals, that's talking about the scheduling, and then having your talking points ready and know that you've got those sound bites for the interview and that um, you have researched the other person and their show so you know exactly what their audience is looking for and you can cater your content to that audience with examples and case studies. Totally agree with that. And I think too, you know, you mentioned that about being camera ready and I so appreciate that. And I, you know, I think it's fine if, if people ask in advance, like, is this going to be a, you know, is there going to be video or is it just audio only and things like that? But I love people who put in, I, I do audio only just because I'm not going to use the video for anything. So I'm totally fine if my guests show up with no makeup on and their sweatpants. But I always notice when guests go out of their way to make sure that they're, you know, taking that extra step and showing up camera ready just in case. And I so appreciate that of you and of all the guests that I've had that have done it because it just goes to show that you're such a great guest and you're so prepared and you're really there to provide as much value as possible. Because I've had 
you know, interviews in the past where we had to scrap the interview because the audio quality was so terrible. And that drives me nuts because I, as a host, go out of my way to try to make it as easy as possible on my guests to get scheduled, to, you know, get their materials over to me to make sure that I'm letting them know when the episode goes live and here's some things to promote it and all of those things. And so, you know, in return, I kind of expect the guests to at least attempt to make it easy on me because I'm going to go in and have to edit this. I'm going to have to, you know, put all of this together in a really timely manner. And, you know, the communication and the, the quality on the guest end really needs to be top notch. If I'm going to be, you know, promoting their episode and I'm going to be saying, okay, here's this expert that we brought in. Everybody should go check out her stuff. So I love that you mentioned that because I do think you know, taking those extra steps and really making sure that, like we said earlier, you're providing as much value as possible and you're making it as easy as possible on the host and on their audience to come find you afterwards and that you're somebody who's worth promoting, you know? Yeah. And I think the other thing, Haley, is when I'm talking camera ready, I'm not talking about spending five hours in a salon and three hours in a makeup chair. I don't mean that. I also am talking about lighting and the background. And um, because if it does go to video, if it's lighting is important. And even if it's just setting up a light in front of your face and testing the frame beforehand, and you'd be surprised how many interviews say they're not camera ready. And then at the drop of the hat, they'll say, okay, we're actually going to do this as a Facebook live. So, and that has happened to me a few times or a, um, a YouTube live or, or, or whatever. And it's not just about the recording, the interview, it could just be the pre-chat. And in that case, like I said, you can use it for socials. Um, and with the pre preparation, something you need to be ready for is when this interview got booked, you sent me a link with things to do. It's also getting back to the host in a timely manner with the assets that they've asked for. They'll likely ask for a bio. They'll likely ask for a um, headshots. So having those on hand and returning them without the host chasing you is really important because you can't take for granted that the host, the, the host is not your employee by any means. And like Haley said, if you, if the audio is not good, there's no promise that your episode will even go live. So you can't guarantee that by booking the show, showing up to the show, recording the show, that it actually will be released. Totally So agree. the expectations need to be, need to be set there. Yes, 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 yes. As a host, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And one thing I love, and I want to point this out because I think this is such a good tip for our listeners who are trying to get, you know, pitched and published. One thing I really loved, you know, when I sent you an email and I said, okay, here's what I need from you. Yeah, you got back to me really quickly and that was great. But you also just had a link for me ready to go that already had your bio, your pictures, talking points, everything I could possibly need to know for this interview about you was on this one page. And you sent me the link and you sent it to me quickly. And that made it so easy for me to go in and say, okay, she's got, you know, eight pictures here. I need three. Mm, I'll take this one, this one, and this one. And okay, if I, you know, kind of want to veer off in a different direction with talking points, here's a couple of the things that she can talk about. And here's her bio, nice and easy, right there for me. I don't have to, like you said, hunt you down trying to get all of these different things from you. And 
it's not just about the communication. It's just about the ease of being able to do those things. You know, I've had people send in, you know, I ask them for three to four photos and they'll send me one. And so then all of a sudden I'm having to chase them down for more photos. And, you know, then maybe they'll send me photos that don't really work. So I'll have to ask for different ones. And, you know, it, all of that back and forth could have easily been eliminated with that one simple page on your website or one quick little press kit or something like that, that the host can use. And so I really appreciated that you had that available. So I think that's a great tip for our listeners in that preparedness that we were talking about, you know, have something available that makes it really easy on the host to collect those things that they're asking for. Yeah. So there's a number, I always recommend an online press kit and Haley's got a great one. I've got a great one. We've made it themselves. What I've done is reverse engineered as a producer, what I know, what hosts want, and I provide it um, because I don't want you going to try and click around. Oh, where's the talent squad's socials? Where's Kelly's socials? Like if there's eight things, I've saved you 10 minutes finding those eight things. Um, the other thing is it's an opportunity for people to share previous interviews that they've done, whether that be podcast and video interviews. And it's you controlling your um, what you hope that will be in the interview or what you can speak on just as a starting point. The host obviously will ask whatever they want, but also what you're really saying is these are my approved images. So you're saving the host time, but also you're able to get the best photos out there. So someone doesn't right click on some weirdo Google photo from, you know, 1972 that used to be a Polaroid <laughs> of your high school photo. Cause that's what you might end up getting. Um, so there's that element. And if you're a good guest, then the host will refer you to other people. So that's going to help your reputation as a media expert. Um, and also you may get invited back for a second interview. So speaking to an audience for a second time is hugely valuable because they've already gotten to know you. So it's making your life easier, but also it's doing a service to the host so you can save them hours of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree with all of that. Well, this has been super helpful. Is there anything you feel like, you know, any other tips or um, just anything for being a great guest that you feel like maybe we didn't touch on that you want our listeners to know? Um, yeah. So you're a guest, look at it as being a guest at somebody else's party and ask what the audience needs to learn that you can offer the most. And then the other thing is just always go prepared with your sound bites stay on message, stick to your talking points and um, be there, be there for the host because it's their show and you're a guest on the show. So just walk your talk. You're already the expert. It's just having those media things in place to get the most out of the interview as possible. Yeah. And I, I love that point about sticking to your talking points because as a host, I've, I've encountered that too, where I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. And you know, I like it to be a natural conversation. I don't want it to be super structured. I want to feel like we can kind of dive into the different aspects of whatever topic we're talking about. But when I have a guest who goes like 100% in an opposite direction to talk about something else, or they spend the whole interview kind of pitching their product or their book or their service or whatever, it just feels kind of you know, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of grit your teeth and you're like, mm, maybe this was not the best idea. And you never want somebody to feel that way when you're 
you know, on their show or you're being interviewed for anything that they're doing. So I definitely think that was a really good point to hit to just make sure that, like you said, you're already the expert. So go on the show and act like the expert, you know, act like you know what you're talking about and stick to that thing that you're supposed to be an expert in. Yeah. And just be careful if you're an author about how many times you mentioned the book and the product and all the different things, because it is not an infomercial. It is an mm-hmm. interview and it's showing you as an expert in your field. You don't need to speak about that stuff. It's about developing the know, like, and trust factor of you as an expert, teaching the audience something that they don't know. And that's something that they can action. It's all about like actually actioning something at the end of the episode. And if they like you, they will find you in the way that they find best and just give one call of action at the end of an interview. That's another tip. Don't be like, oh, go to my Instagram and my website and my download the thing. And I've got this other thing. Like just give people one thing to do because they're likely doing something else. And then that's enough. Just understand the role of yourself as their interviewee because there's so much that you can get out of podcasting. There's so much. So yeah, practice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I, I do think, I honestly believe that if people like you, like you said, they will find you, they will look you up, they will find your Instagram, they will find your website, they will find all of those things. So, you know, if you come on a show and you're just pitching your product or book or whatever over and over and over again, it just doesn't feel good to the listener. It doesn't feel good to the host either, but it definitely doesn't feel good to the listener. So I I definitely think, you know, really trying to provide that value and then just trusting that they will find you. And kind of like you said earlier, if you've built up that online presence and you've done all of the things that you need to do prior to this interview, then they will definitely find you. If you've got, you know, if you're putting out content that really is related to whatever you're talking about on that show and you've got, you know, your press kit or your website or all of those things in place, then they're, they're going to find you if they're looking for you. So I definitely think just staying on topic and, you know, trusting your expertise and really working on providing that value to an audience is going to be what actually sells your stuff more than you pitching it over and over again. Yeah. And I recommend give it all away. Leave it all on the table. Give all your good advice. Don't be a little vault and hold it back because people can recognize that. So if, if you're in, be all in and be the most genuine version of yourself that you can be because we're all smart and we can smell a rat from a mile off. So this is the place where people can hear it in your voice. And so just so if you're choosing podcasts as a strategy, whether you're DIYing or hiring an agency, just give, give everything you've got and people will be able to hear it. I love that. I love that. I love that you said go all in because that's like my catchphrase for the year for everything I do. So I love that you said that. I think that's 100% true and definitely great advice for sure. Well, since it is the end of the episode, I always like to close with a fun little lightning round. And it's just a few fun questions about you that I like to know. And I think our audience likes to know too. So are you ready? Yes, I'm more than ready. I'm excited about this, Haley. Good. I wish I had a buzzer at home. I wish I had a buzzer. (laughs) I love it. Let's do it. All right. First question. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? I have a coffee. I love it. We have so many coffee drinkers and I'm so not a coffee drinker, but we have so many of them. Is there any like specific coffee that 
that you love or a specific drink or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I will take a triple shot mocha extra hot and I have an espresso machine. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. What is the last book that you read? Okay. That's a tricky one because I feel like I'm in the middle of about three books, but right now (laughs) I'm, um, I'm reading Profit First by Mike Michalowicz and I'm really loving it. Ooh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm one of those two that I'm like, I feel like I've read three recently, but maybe didn't finish them. So I'm just going to go with this one. This is hard, Haley, because I want to ask you all the questions back and I know that you're not supposed to, but I'm also, but maybe can I break ranks? I don't want to break the rules and be a bad guy. You're guest. good. No, you're oh, good. Yeah. So what are your books? Yeah, I'm actually, right now I'm in the middle of um, Trent Shelton's new book and uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's, it's a very like personal development based book um, and I'm absolutely loving it. And then I think I recently picked up the newest Brene Brown book and started it, but it's just kind of been sitting on my nightstand for a little while. So I don't know if I can count that one, but I feel like we need a book club or something to get us over the hump of reading the books, even though we love the books that we're reading. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm such a book lover. I'm an avid reader, but you know, life is busy and you just, I end up like forgetting where I was. So then I just pick up a new book and start over and you know, do this process like 10 times till I actually finish a book. So oh, I'm, the, I blame wor- it I'm on, the worst. I blame it on Netflix and binging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I could read that book or I could just watch 10 episodes of this while working at the same yes. time. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. That is so me. We're, we're twins. We're twins. I totally agree with you. I'm right there with you. All right. What is one item that you recommend to everybody? So this could be a service that you use, a product you love, you know, just an item that you have, but just something that you feel like everybody has to have. Ooh, if, I'm going to say this app called Abby, A-double-B-double-Y. I've discovered it this year. And if you go to conferences, it's really good. It takes photos of other people's business cards pulls it into the app and then you can push it out through CSV files and get their emails. So since I work in agencies and meet lots of people, it's really great. But also I always feel so bad when I have to throw away someone's business card and I don't, I try not to collect too many things. So it makes me feel better not wasting someone's business card that they've paid for. I love that. I've never heard of that app, but I'm totally going to download it now because that's such a great tool for conferences and networking events and all of those things. And I I'm always that person. I'm like really picky about who I give my business card to because I want to give them out, but they're, they're really cute and they're so expensive. And so I'm like, I don't want to give it to somebody who's just going to throw it away. So yeah, but, but you're also, if you give it to someone, what else can they do, but throw it away? Otherwise you keep business cards for, I'm in the same the inverse position. Um, and the other great thing about this app is that you can take a photo of the person so oftentimes I'll get a business card and if they don't have the photo, I'm not, I'll think I'll remember who they are. And then I'm looking at it blankly going, yeah, I don't know who that was. Yeah. Um, so with the app, you can take a photo and I always say, do you mind if I take a photo? So I remember most people are happy about that. And then you can associate the person with the business card in, in the app. So um, there, I think there's paid and freed versions and I've just discovered it this year. So I'm still, I'm still working on it, but I've used it at three conferences and it's been really good. 
I love that. I absolutely, I think that's my favorite recommendation so far because yeah. I'm like really excited to go look that up now. <laughs> All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, risk it for the biscuit. I love that. Yeah. So sometimes, and I use it for if I'm scared of something and that's how I'll test test if I should do it. Yeah. I love that so much. I, I think that's, that's a really good one. I'm all about, you know, taking risks when you really want something. So I, I think that's definitely a good one. I love it. And for a bonus less, but better. Hmm. That's a good one too. That's a really good one. Definitely. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, social media, all of those things thetalentsquad.com. I would love for you to come and check me out. Yes, definitely. And you guys, Kelly is absolutely amazing. Her company is phenomenal. I absolutely love them. So please go check them out. You know, if you're looking to start pitching and get on some podcasts and get some more publicity, then Kelly and her team, they are your people a hundred percent. So we will link their website and all of that in the show notes. So please, please, please go check them out and support her. But Kelly, this has been amazing. I really just want to tell you how much I appreciate your time because you gave so much great insight. And I love when there's just really easy, tangible steps like, okay, here are the three mistakes you want to avoid. Here are the couple of things that you need to have prepared. And you gave us all of that and more. And so I just really want to say thank you because I think this is going to be a really amazing episode and our listeners are going to love it. Thank you, Haley. And I also think that we should start a Netflix anonymous club plus a book club and an app club for business cards. So, you know, there's future business opportunities, obviously. Yes, I love it. Or just, or just TV watching, which I'm always up for. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire. <laughs>